Let's get it. You're at 109 right now. Aaliyah comes to mind. Aaliyah Houghton. That song that she sang, Try Again. When I heard that, I was in college and I wasn't doing too well in my classes. And the idea that I could repeat a class was presented to me. And I was like, I can do what? Because I decided I was going to study finance and my mom's idea of you can conceive if you can can if you can conceive it you can achieve it that was the overriding theme of my college career it was like if you if you can conceive it then you can achieve it but when i started running into hurdles i wasn't passing classes i had to take what they deemed remedial courses because my scores weren't high enough um then know i found that there were setbacks for me to get my degree but anyway i persevered and one of those one of the reasons why i persevered is because i had discovered that i could try again and it was it was around the same time that that song was released because when i heard that song and i went out while i was living this experience where i i was i was trying again and that song came out it just resonated with me so deeply try again yeah wouldn't it be interesting if i searched the day on which that song was released as a single and then it would like serendipitously you know as a moment of synchronicity you know probably be released on march 7th <clears throat> forgot the day let's check it out Aliyah there are two a's in her name Aliyah try again let's see and what's it it says it was released 23 years ago <clears throat> in 2000 i don't see any information any more information than that Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it was released in March. It was released March 21st of 2000. Interesting. March 21st. And today is the 7th? Right? 7th and then on the 14th, that'll be 7 days from now, and then another 7 days thereafter to be the 21st. So, this podcast is like what, 2 weeks ahead? but I digress. But anyway, this is the month of uh, March and strange things happened in 2019 that have prompted the creation of this podcast, the penning of my book 109 or 109. Um so yeah, that's what it is. All right. So let's get into it. Um Basquiat is uh what is it the exhibit the king pleasure exhibit is opening on the 31st of this month and so you know i love everything about basquiat i love learning new information about him i had the pleasure um about 8 or 9 months ago now i i suppose um i had the pleasure to meet I had the pleasure of meeting uh Jean-Michel Basquiat's uh right-hand man, uh, good friend and um and co-creator of the uh Samo brand that Jean-Michel um is famous for having co-created. Uh his name is Albert Diaz. I had the pleasure of interviewing Albert Diaz um when I was in New York last year. and um I went to New York because the King Pleasure exhibit was there and I just I couldn't miss it. I didn't want to miss it. I thought there would only be a New York run, but uh fortunately there will also be a um Los Angeles run. I remember I was in I think it was 2004 or 2005. I think it was 2005 though. when i found i i learned i discovered basquiat's um artwork because that year there was the boom for real um exhibit uh 
put on at the Museum of Contemporary Art or MOCA in Los Angeles. And I was like, who is Basquiat? Who is this person? What is this? Let me, because I was a, a young, curious, you know, dude living in LA. I had learned a lot of things and I thought, I thought I knew some things. And when I saw Basquiat, I had no idea who he was. And I was just intrigued, curious. And that led me to go to the uh, exhibit. And then that's when it hit me. It was like, whoa, this is something I've never experienced before. This is artwork, like, unlike any artwork that I've ever seen before. And the popularity of the artist, although I was very saddened because of the fact that he was deceased, I was very impressed with his artwork, um, shocked by the style and by the uh, perceived ease with which uh, one can create a Basquiat. You see, I, it, a Basquiat is, um, is deceptively easy. It looks very easy, like, oh, you could do that. A child could do that artwork. That was the comment that my that my my boss at the time and even I um I said the same thing I come to think of it I had seen I had gone to the show I think in 2004 because when my boss you know told me about or when she she uh, expressed her opinion of Basquiat's artwork and I agreed with her that was much that was much later than the time I had uh, seen his artwork. You follow me? So I was in the office one day and she was like, oh, that Basquiat guy. I, I, I must have had one of the postcards of his artwork and I put it um, on my cubicle and she saw it and she's like, oh, is that a Basquiat? She's like, yeah, that's that's wild, funky art. Looks like a kid could do it. And I, and I agreed with her. I was like, yeah, it looks like that, right? And she but. But she also, she didn't say it like, oh, that, that's terrible. It looks like a kid could do it. No, she was just like, what? I, when I went and I saw it, I couldn't believe it. It looked like something a kid could do. You know, that was the comment. And I was like, yeah, I agree, right? But it's deceptive because nah, there's there's so much baked into his um, artwork, so much meaning. I mean, now I still love his artwork and, I, and I'm... I'm, I'm I, I've grown even closer to it because there's so much there's so much uh, for for me in it <laughs> there's so much of a reflection of myself um, in it and throughout it alright so I'm, I'm cool with it anyhow um yeah so I didn't want to miss the show in New York I saw, well, I think I was telling you that in 2004, I uh, went to my first show, right? And then I got off track trying to figure out, was it 2004, was it 2005? But then the story about me working and having, and having my boss, my boss, you know, you know, make a comment about Basquiat. I, I know that I worked there in 2005. And so I had gone to, I had learned about Basquiat before I worked there. So it might have been many months before that in, like earlier in the year, or it could have been the year prior. So it's probably like early 2005 or 2004. But anyway, details, schmitels. Um, yeah, so that was my first Basquiat exhibit. Thereafter... I think I only um, saw Basquiat's work at the museums, at different museums um, in Los Angeles. Like, let's see. All right, so they have Basquiat's artwork at the Broad right now. And I remember being at the Broad in 2016. I've watched Basquiat's uh, movies. I've 
from Downtown 81 to documentaries about his life to the movie Basquiat uh, about his life, the biopic starring David Bowie and Jeffrey Wright. Um, like I'm been, you know, all for learning a lot about Basquiat, and then um, I was in Abu Dhabi around the time or after the Louvre the Louvre Museum in Abu Dhabi opened yeah I was in Abu Dhabi I went to the Louvre Museum and they had a Basquiat there and so you know I snapped a photo of it and um you know these are the moments when I encountered Basquiat's artwork now in 2000 and 18 yeah in 2018 i was flying through germany i had a um no i was actually flying to europe i flew to europe first i was working in saudi arabia i flew to europe in 2018 um i was going to do a european tour i started in frankfurt and then well i started in germany so the first stop was in Frankfurt and then I flew to Berlin to be with my um, family my cousins so Berlin then Spain then Switzerland then Paris back to Spain and then Portugal if I'm not mistaken that's how it worked or maybe I did Portugal and then I stayed in Spain for the remainder of my time I had six weeks it was during the Ramadan um, period in um, Saudi Arabia. So anyway, it was 2018 and I was in Germany. I was in Frankfurt, Germany, and I had another um, flight to take to get to Berlin. So I was um, I had a long layover, six, six or nine hours or something. And it was during the day. So I was walking around Frankfurt. I, got, I left the airport, obviously. I took the train into the city, and I was walking around Frankfurt, wondering what to do. And then as I was walking through the city, I happened upon um, a museum that, you know, that uh, I don't know what, proudly displayed Basquiat's name or uh, conspicuously uh, displayed Basquiat's name, and when I saw that, I was I, I became very excited. I was like, "What, Basquiat in you know Germany? An exhibit? You got to be kidding me!" You know, these are the ideas running through my head. And then for the day that I was there, I just hoped, I just hoped that the exhibit was open and that. You know, it wasn't a, a prelude to a coming um, exhibit. And sure enough, I was there at the right day and time because the doors were open. It was it was during the the, the Basquiat run. And damn it, I'm, I'm in Frankfurt, Germany. So I walked my happy ass on in there, paid whatever the um, admission fee was. And I remember I had like six or nine hours to kill. And I just enjoyed myself walking through that museum, seeing all of these things, all of these, um, you know, artifacts, what, uh, ephemera, uh, regalia, um, memorabilia, um, artifacts, you know, you name it, all that stuff. Everything that I didn't see in Los Angeles, I think some things I did see. Oh, yes, yes. I absolutely recall seeing, um, like, Basquiat's bloodstained um, drawings or, or, you know, some work. I absolutely remember seeing his bloodstained um, work, his own blood on there. Um, yeah, so, and that was there in Frankfurt. But anyway, I had a great time in 2018. So it's kind of... Wait a minute. I'm really like underplaying. I'm downplaying. I'm downplaying the importance of Basquiat to me. Man, ever since that 2004 or 2005 show, um, I've been a fan of Basquiat. 
I remember going to the Beverly Hills Library to um, take out rent uh, the DVD for Downtown 81 years before I bought a, a, my own copy. Um, I I borrowed or I, I tried to purchase. I think I borrowed first. I borrowed the the soundtrack to, to Downtown 81. Um, I listened to the music, uh, you know, from you know Beat Bop. That song with uh, Ramel Z, and like that's because that's like one of the first like hip hop songs, you know, like a, a first pressed, um, you know, song, and one that you know Basquiat was on or you know created. That's so, or rather, it was the. It was the cover art that Basquiat had done for the song. It was the cover art, you know. But wait a minute, because all right, so all right, see the fact checked. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your facts straight, you know. Because Albert Diaz was like, man, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and I don't want to be one to spread misinformation. So, you, you who are listening to this, have to do your research. So. There is the vinyl 12-inch um, record for a song called Beat Bop. Um, K-Rob, it features K-Rob and Ramel Z. And um, there's absolutely, on the cover art, the cover art is by Jean-Michel Basquiat. Production credits and all of that stuff, well, I'll have to look that up. Why don't I do that now? Let's look it up. Beat Bop. Song by K-Rob and Ramel Z. Alright, it says, Beat Bop is a song by American hip-hop artist Ramel Z. May he rest in peace. And K-Rob. I don't know about K-Rob's status. May he live long and prosper. It was produced and arranged by Jean-Michel Basquiat initially... There it is. Okay, it was produced and arranged. So we have our information. It was produced and arranged by Jean-Michel Basquiat. Initially, it was made as a test pressing by Tar Town in 1983. And then they go into some other stuff. Due to the rarity of its original pressing and and the cover art by Basquiat, Bebop is among the most valuable rap records ever made. Bebop, one of the most valuable rap records ever made. That's phenomenal, man. Even though Jean-Michel wasn't a rapper, he was able to touch hip-hop and to put his mark on hip-hop as if to say, hey, I'm in it. I'm in it for, you know, for real. I'm, I'm deep in it. Hey, I just noticed something. You know how long beat bop is the song is 10 minutes and uh, 10 seconds long that's what they say 10 minutes and 10 seconds but for the purposes of my podcast the ic 109 podcast you know what it is kobe let them know you're at 109 right now it's 10 minutes and nine seconds long i mean what you gonna do with that one second that's probably you know that's a little fade out dig it man alright so anyway but I met Albert Diaz Albert Diaz tells me you know when I meet him he's like hey that's me playing on the song and I'm like really he's like yeah you know that you know that part <laughs> he's like yeah that's me and I'm like what so I go and I listen to it and I'm like, yo, that's Albert Diaz. I met that dude, man. Man, it's it's a trip, bro. Anyhow, I told you about 2004 or 5 that I went to the Boom For Real show. And then I caught the, the next show in 2018 in Frankfurt. And in between there, I had... You know, found his artwork and, and I guess 
different places and um yeah abu dhabi los angeles and um what's the other thing yeah but his spirit was with me when i was in korea in 2007 i had a jean-michel basquiat t-shirt well oh no 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 let me tell you about korea and basquiat my goodness in korea they were they were mad wild for basquiat but they didn't have the connection that i have to basquiat i mean here's what i'm saying when i say they didn't have a connection basquiat was representing representing for blacks unseen unheard diminished disenfranchised subjugated okay and he was bringing us up and i could resonate with that and so when i saw these koreans who knew nothing about our history and yet they were they were wearing clothes that were um using basquiat's insignia artwork and you know and and obviously making our references to him which at the time i did not know they were paying for then i i just i I felt some sort of way about it i saw basquiat's uh work in uh uniqlo in uh korea and in japan i saw basquiat's artwork or just messages about um, Basquiat in um, a brand called Spree in Korea. Those are the two places I remember seeing um, Basquiat. I remember I bought I bought a T-shirt, a blue T-shirt with uh, white. No, 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 blue T-shirt with uh, yellow letters, bl- yellow block letters that spelled B S Q T. And I was like, if I see a Korean wearing this, I hope they know what they're wearing. I gladly went and bought that t-shirt because I knew what I was representing. You know, so that's the thing. The Koreans didn't know what they were representing. But I I bought that. They had shoes with um, Basquiat's uh, paintings on them. Then they also had, what else did they have? They had... um, let me see, they had shoes, they had t-shirts, um, they had Basquiat everything in Asia. What else did they have? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, okay, they had, um, his name written on a t-shirt with the crown on it, and that was another t-shirt, it was in black and white, and I bought that t-shirt, and I proudly displayed that in my room. Put the t-shirt up on the hanger and put that on the wall that was art to me i had that in my first apartment in korea so yeah basquiat resonated with me deeply and i, I kept riding with basquiat like come on come on man you coming with me bro all right we're gonna take a break and pay some bills Let's get it. You're at 109 right now. Aaliyah comes to mind. Aaliyah Houghton. That song that she sang, Try Again. When I heard that, I was in college and I wasn't doing too well in my classes. And the idea that I could repeat a class was presented to me. And I was like, I can do what? Because I decided I was going to study finance and my mom's idea of you can conceive if you can can if you can conceive it you can achieve it that was the overriding theme of my college career it was like if you if you can conceive it then you can achieve it but when i started running into hurdles i wasn't passing classes i had to take what they deemed remedial courses because my scores weren't high enough um then 
I found that there were setbacks for me to get my degree. But anyway, I persevered. And one of those, one of the reasons why I persevered is because I had discovered that I could try again. And it was, it was around the same time that that song was released because when I heard that song and I, when I, while I was living this experience where I, I was, I was trying again and that song came out, it just resonated with me so deeply. Try again. Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if I searched the day on which that song was released as a single and then it would like serendipitously, you know, as a moment of synchronicity, you know, probably be released on March 7th. <clears throat> Forgot the day. Let's check it out. Aliyah. There are two A's in her name. Aliyah. Try again. Let's see. And what's it? It says it was released 23 years ago <clears throat> in 2000. I don't see any information, any more information than that. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it was released in March. It was released March 21st, 2000. <laughs> Interesting. March 21st. And today is the 7th? Right? 7th. And then on the 14th, that'll be seven days from now. And then another seven days thereafter, it'll be the 21st. So this podcast is like, what, two weeks ahead? But I digress. But anyway, this is the month of uh, March. And strange things happened in 2019 that have prompted the creation of this podcast the panning of my book 109 or 109 um so yeah that's what it is all right so let's get into it um basquia is uh what is it the exhibit the king pleasure exhibit is opening on the 31st of this month and so you know, I love everything about Basquiat. I love learning new information about him. I had the pleasure um, about eight or nine months ago now, I, I suppose. Um, I had the pleasure to meet, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat's uh, right-hand man, uh, good friend and, um, and co-creator of the uh, Samo brand that Jean-Michel um, is famous for having co-created. Uh, his name is Albert Diaz. I had the pleasure of interviewing Albert Diaz um, when I was in New York last year. And um, I went to New York because the King Pleasure exhibit was there. And I just, I couldn't miss it. I didn't want to miss it. I thought there would only be a New York run, but... Uh, fortunately, there will also be a um, Los Angeles run. I remember I was in, I think it was 2004 or 2005. I think it was 2005, though, when I found, I, I learned, I discovered Basquiat's um, artwork. Because that year, there was the Boom For Real um, exhibit put on at the... Museum of Contemporary Art, or MOCA, in Los Angeles. And I was like, who is Basquiat? Who is this person? What is this? Let me... Because I was a, a young, curious, you know, dude. Living in L.A., I had learned a lot of things, and I thought, I thought I knew some things. And when I saw Basquiat, I had no idea who he was, and I was just intrigued, curious. And that led me to go to the uh, exhibit... And then that's when it hit me. It was like, whoa, this is something I've never experienced before. This is artwork like unlike any artwork that I've ever seen before. And the popularity of the artist, although I was very saddened because of the fact that he was deceased, I was very impressed with his artwork, um, shocked 
by the style and by the uh, perceived ease with which uh, one can create a Basquiat. You see, how it a Basquiat is um, is deceptively easy. It looks very easy. Like, oh, you could do that. A child could do that artwork. That was the comment that my that my my boss at the time and even I um I said the same thing I come to think of it I had seen I had gone to the show I think in 2004 because when my boss you know told me about or when she she uh, expressed her opinion of Basquiat's artwork and I agreed with her that was much that was much later than the time I had uh, seen his artwork. You follow me? So I was in the office one day and she was like, oh, that Basquiat guy. I, I, I must have had one of the postcards of his artwork and I put it um, on my cubicle and she saw it and she's like, oh, is that a Basquiat? She's like, yeah, that's that's wild, funky art. Looks like a kid could do it. And I, and I agreed with her. I was like, yeah, it looks like that, right? And she but. But she also, she didn't say it like, oh, that that's terrible. It looks like a kid could do it. No, she was just like, what? I, when I went and I saw it, I couldn't believe it. It looked like something a kid could do, you know? That was the comment. And I was like, yeah, I agree, right? But it's deceptive because nah, there's there's so much baked into his um, artwork, so much meaning. I mean, now I still love his artwork and, I, and I'm... I'm, I'm I, I've grown even closer to it because there's so much there's so much uh, for for me in it <laughs> there's so much of a reflection of myself um, in it and throughout it alright so I'm, I'm cool with it anyhow um yeah so I didn't want to miss the show in New York I saw, well, I think I was telling you that in 2004, I uh, went to my first show, right? And then I got off track trying to figure out, was it 2004, was it 2005? But then the story about me working and having, and having my boss, my boss, you know, you know, make a comment about Basquiat. I, I know that I worked there in 2005. And so I had gone to, I had learned about Basquiat before I worked there. So it might have been many months before that in, like earlier in the year, or it could have been the year prior. So it's probably like early 2005 or 2004. But anyway, details, schmitels. Um, Yeah, so that was my first Basquiat exhibit. Thereafter... I think I only um, saw Basquiat's work at the museums, at different museums um, in Los Angeles. Like, let's see. All right, so they have Basquiat's artwork at the Broad right now. And I remember being at the Broad in 2016. I've watched Basquiat's uh, movies. I've from Downtown '81 to documentaries about his life to the movie Basquiat uh, about his life, the biopic starring David Bowie and Jeffrey Wright. Um, like I'm been you know all for learning a lot about Basquiat, and then um, I was in. Abu Dhabi around the time or after the Louvre, the Louvre Museum in Abu Dhabi opened. Yeah, I was in Abu Dhabi. I went to the Louvre Museum and they had a Basquiat there. And so, you know, I snapped a photo of it and, um, you know, these are the moments when I encountered Basquiat's artwork. Now, in 2018, yeah, in 2018, I was flying through Germany. I had a, um, no, I was actually flying to Europe. I 
flew to Europe first. I was working in Saudi Arabia. I flew to Europe in 2018. Um, I was going to do a European tour. I started in Frankfurt. And then, well, I started in Germany. And so the first stop was in Frankfurt. And then I flew to Berlin to be with my um, family, my cousins. So Berlin, then Spain, then Switzerland, then Paris, back to Spain, and then Portugal, if I'm not mistaken. That's how it worked. Or maybe I did Portugal, and then I stayed in Spain for the remainder of my time. I had six weeks. It was during the Ramadan um, period in um, Saudi Arabia. So anyway... It was 2018 and I was in Germany. I was in Frankfurt, Germany, and I had another um, flight to take to get to Berlin. So I was, um, I had a long layover, six, six or nine hours or something. And it was during the day. So I was walking around Frankfurt. I, got, I left the airport, obviously. I took the train into the city and I was walking around Frankfurt wondering what to do and then as I was walking through the city I happened upon um, a museum that you know that uh, I don't know what proudly displayed Basquiat's name or uh, conspicuously uh, displayed Basquiat's name and when I saw that I was I, I became very excited I was like what Basquiat in you know Germany an exhibit you gotta be kidding me you know these are the ideas running through my head and then for the day that I was there I just hoped I just hoped that the exhibit was open and that you know it wasn't a a prelude to a coming um, exhibit and sure enough I was there at the right day and time because the doors were open it was it was during the 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 Basquiat run and damn it I'm, I'm in Frankfurt Germany so I walked my happy ass on in there paid whatever the um, admission fee was and I remember I had like six or nine hours to kill and I just enjoyed myself walking through that museum seeing all of these things all of these um, you know, artifacts, what, uh, ephemera, uh, regalia, um, memorabilia, um, artifacts, you know, you name it, all that stuff. Everything that I didn't see in Los Angeles, I think some things I did see. Oh, yes, yes, I absolutely recall seeing, um, like Basquiat's bloodstained, um, drawings or, or, you know, some work. I absolutely remember seeing his blood-stained um, work, his own blood on there. Um, yeah, so, and that was there in Frankfurt. But anyway, I had a great time in 2018. So it's kind of, wait a minute, I'm really like underplaying. I'm downplaying. I'm downplaying the importance of Basquiat to me. Man, ever since that 2004 or 2005 show, um, I've been a fan of Basquiat. I remember going to the Beverly Hills Library to um, take out rent uh, the DVD for Downtown 81. Years before I bought a, a, my own copy, um, I I borrowed or I, I tried to purchase. I think I borrowed first. I borrowed the the soundtrack. To, to downtown 81 um i listened to the music uh you know from you know beat bop that song with uh ramel z and like that's because that's like one of the first like hip-hop songs you know like a, a first pressed um you know song and one that you know Basquiat was on or you know created that's so or rather it was the it was the cover art that Basquiat had done for the song it was the cover art you know but wait a minute because all right so all 
All right, see the fact check. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your facts straight, you know? Because Albert Diaz was like, man, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and I don't want to be one to spread misinformation. So, you, you who are listening to this have to do your research. So, there is the vinyl 12-inch um, record for a song called Beat Bop. Um, K-Rob, it features K-Rob and Ramel Z. And um, there's absolutely, on the cover art, the cover art is by Jean-Michel Basquiat. Production credits and all of that stuff, well, I'll have to look that up. Why don't I do that now? Let's look it up. Beat Bop, song by K-Rob and Ramel Z. Alright, it says Bebop is a song by American hip-hop artist Ramel Z, may he rest in peace, and K-Rob. I don't, I don't know about K-Rob's status. May he live long and prosper. It was produced and arranged by Jean-Michel Basquiat initially. There it is. Okay, it was produced and arranged. So we have our information. It was produced and arranged by Jean-Michel Basquiat. Initially, it was made as a test pressing by Tar Town in 1983. And then they go into some other stuff. Due to the rarity of its original pressing and the cover and the cover art by Basquiat, Bebop is among the most valuable rap records ever made. Bebop. One of the most valuable rap records ever made that's phenomenal man even though Jean-Michel wasn't a rapper he was able to touch hip-hop and to put his mark on hip-hop as if to say hey I'm in it I'm in it for you know for real I'm, I'm deep in it hey I just noticed something you know how long beat bop is the song is 10 minutes and da, 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 uh, 10 seconds long. That's what they say. 10 minutes and 10 seconds. But for the purposes of my podcast, the IC10.9 podcast, you know what it is. Kobe, let them know. You're at 109 right now. It's 10 minutes and 9 seconds long. I mean, what you going to do with that one second? That's probably, you know, that's a little fade out. dig it man alright so anyway but I met Albert Diaz Albert Diaz tells me you know when I meet him he's like hey that's me playing on the song and I'm like really he's like yeah you know that you know that part <laughs> he's like yeah that's me and I'm like what So I go and I listen to it and I'm like, yo, that's Albert Diaz. I've met that dude, man. Man, it's it's a trip, bro. Anyhow, I told you about 2004 or 5 that I went to the Boom For Real show. And then I caught the, the next show in 2018 in Frankfurt. And in between there, I had you know, found his artwork in, in, I guess, different places, and, um, yeah, Abu Dhabi, Los Angeles, and, um, what's the other thing, yeah, but his spirit was with me, when I was in Korea in 2007, I had a Jean-Michel Basquiat t-shirt, well, oh, no, 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 let me tell you about Korea and Basquiat, my goodness in Korea they were they were mad wild for Basquiat but they didn't have the connection that I have to Basquiat I mean here's what I'm saying when I say they didn't have a connection Basquiat was representing for blacks unseen unheard diminished disenfranchised subjugated okay and he was bringing us up. And I could resonate with that. And so when I saw these Koreans who knew nothing about our 
history and yet they were they were wearing clothes that were um, using Basquiat's insignia artwork and you know and and obviously making uh, references to him which at the time I did not know they were paying for then I I just I, I felt some sort of way about it I saw Basquiat's uh, work in uh, Uniqlo in uh, Korea and in Japan. I saw Basquiat's artwork or just messages about um, Basquiat in um, a brand called Spree in Korea. Those are the two places I remember seeing um Basquiat. I remember I bought I bought a t-shirt, a blue t-shirt with uh, white no, 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 no. Blue t-shirt with uh, yellow letters bl- yellow block letters that spelled B-S-Q-T and I was like if I see a Korean wearing this, I hope they know what they're wearing I gladly went and bought that t-shirt because I knew what I was representing you know so that's the thing the Koreans didn't know what they were representing but I, I bought that they had shoes with um, Basquiat's uh, paintings on them then they also had what else did they have they had um, let me see they had shoes they had t-shirts um, yeah Basquiat everything in Asia what else did they have? Uh, yeah, yeah, that. Okay, they had um, his name written on a t-shirt with the crown on it. And that was another t-shirt. It was in black and white. And I bought that t-shirt. And I proudly displayed that in my room. Put the t-shirt up on the hanger and put that on the wall. That was art to me. I had that in my first apartment in Korea. So... Yeah, Basquiat resonated with me deeply. And I, I kept riding with Basquiat. Like, come on. Come on, man. You coming with me, bro. All right, we're going to take a break and pay some bills. So the question then is you're at 109 right now have i exhausted all of the topics have i talked as much as i want about basquiat have i has have i exhausted this this topic is there enough to say have i said enough have i said it all is it out of my system yet no because i went to new york and i saw the show and I thought there wouldn't be an L.A. run. But sure enough, the show must go on. It's coming to L.A. The show will begin March 31st. The exhibit, the exhibit of the Basquiat King Pleasure exhibit will begin March 31st. I bought my ticket. You should buy your ticket as well. And... Um, March 31st, man, March 31st. Now see how the, the, the universe just folds in on itself and how March 31st, 2019, y'all. You're at 109 right now. That was the day on which we lost Nipsey, March 31st, 2019. And immediately following that, seven days after that, there was a cross in the sky, a crucifix in the sky, one that I saw. Well, I saw the cross seven days after. It was seven days after. But on the day Nipsey died, I saw 109, y'all. You're at 109 right now. I saw 109 on that license plate. I'll never forget that, that moment. That's been, that's associated. That moment is associated with Nipsey. 109 and Nipsey. And then, seven days later, I saw the crucifix in the sky. I saw a crucifix it was uh, seven days after Nipsey was uh, Nipsey died, and then 109 on the day that Nipsey um, died. All of that together. So for me, 
when I talk about Nipsey, when I talk about this stuff, I talk about, when I talk about 109, I talk about 109, Nipsey, and the crucifix that I saw in the sky. And inevitably, I have to talk about numbers, because 109 is a number, but because seven, there were seven days from the day that Nipsey died to the day that I saw the crucifix in the sky, y'all. And then I started this podcast talking about Aliyah. And we're two weeks away from the date of release of the song that I was talking about. That's two weeks. That's 14 days. That's two weeks, two seven-day weeks, y'all. Today is March 7th. Man, 777, y'all. These numbers, man. And then 2023 is 2 plus 2 plus 3. That total 7. Say, speak everything into existence. It will manifest in this this time, this year. Well, it, it will manifest itself. Let's just 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 be clear. So be be very careful of what you say this year. <clears throat> I will be famous and and wealthy. I will be wealthier than, far wealthier than I am today. I will travel to 192 countries. I have 152 more countries to go to. <laughs> 152 more countries to go to. Jeez. Or maybe I have 150 countries to go to. I've been to 42. Two of those countries I hadn't actually explored. I was just at had layovers. British Columbia is calling. I saw a really nice uh, advertisement for BC. Gotta check it out. So when... Yeah, so all of these numbers... And for me, 109, the crucifix, and Nipsey are associated with each other because of my experience in 2019 in the desert. But come to find out, right here on Crenshaw Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, there's an apartment building number 6109 or 6109. That's the address. It's right next to Crete Academy, where... On their playground, there's Nipsey's mural. And then, between the mural and 109, there is a chapel. And the chapel is on Crete Academy's um, lot. It's on their property. And that chapel has a cross. As you drive by on, on Crenshaw Boulevard, you can clearly see the cross. So, folks, 109, the cross, and... Nipsey's mural. It's like, it's all visible. You can see one, two, and three. And and I'm not trying to say, hey, like, down the street, a, a, a block over, and, you know, there's an apartment that is, um, has a lot, has the address, has an address number, um, 109. No, y'all. It's right next door. It's right next door to the school. 109, then the cross, and then Nipsey. Those are the three elements that that impressed me, that that stuck with me, that that I was forced to associate, you know, together, thousands of miles away in the desert, and come to find out, right in Los Angeles, I find all three of them right there, right next to each other. In a real way, Nipsey was doing God's work, and in another real way, the the saints who work at Crete Academy. Oh my goodness, if you know their story, and if you know the story of the students there, they're doing God's work. Man, gotta give it up. Let me see. Let's give an applause for the staff, faculty, you know, and any and everybody working hard over at Creed Academy. They they deserve it. Giving it up to Creed Academy. So we came here because of uh, 
Basquiat, but also because of Nipsey. And the thing about it, y'all, is Basquiat and Nipsey, you know, just as I said, the the universe folds in on itself. It it, it collapses into into something. In this case, me. <laughs> Everything just falls in. Just you know, Nipsey said it. He said, you know, all you have to do is be still. He said, if he was important in in West Los Angeles, he's important to L.A. L.A. is important to the California. California is important to the West Coast. The West Coast is important to the U.S.A. U.S.A. is important to the world. He said, all I have to do is be important in West L.A., and then the world will follow. So basically, the the idea was、uh, I'm gonna be still <laughs> and attract the world. So that's what it is. Now everything is everything. So you know, Nipsey mentioned Basquiat in his record, and、um, what's really interesting is I think. I think that Basquiat painted Nipsey. See, like Basquiat died in 1988. Nipsey was born in '85. So there's only three years. Wait, '85? Yeah, 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 yeah. Only three years of overlap. They never met each other. They they knew not of one another. But peep game, Basquiat was was tapped in spiritually. And so, like the ancestors were were speaking through him and guiding his his work. That's why his work resonates so deeply because we are looking at ourselves, representations, expressions of our ancestors are on the the paper, and our ancestors are within us. So as within, so without. As above, so below. So, what was inside of Basquiat was just coming out. So, here's the thing: in 1982, Basquiat painted "All Colored Cast." That's the title of the painting, "All Colored Cast." And in that painting, Basquiat drew a male figure, and he also put, he also wrote the number 109 on the painting. He wrote the numbers one zero nine because those were those three、um, digits were the prefix to、um, a library code, right? the The full number is one zero nine dash. Is it two three five? I'm gonna look at the artwork. Give me one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk to walk into the hallway and look at the painting. I have a poster print of the work、uh, on my wall. Okay, I did it. I mean, I, I I knew it. I just had to be certain and check two three five one zero nine dash two three five in parentheses S I C standardized industrial classification or something. So he had a male figure, and he had the number one hundred nine on the on the painting. What's peculiar about that? Is there's a photo of Nipsey Hussle, and Nipsey is the male figure. I liken、uh, Basquiat's photo to the photo.、Uh, excuse me, Basquiat's painting. I liken it to the photo that Nipsey took because you you can see in the photo you can see Nipsey, you can see the male figure. That's Nipsey, right? Because in Basquiat's painting, there's a male figure, and you know. On the right of the of the canvas, and on the right of the picture, there's Nipsey. Okay, okay. And then, in on the left side, Basquiat has written 109. And on the left side of the picture, you can see the numbers 109, because Nipsey took that picture in Tokyo, Japan, where they have a building called Shibuya 109. Japanese call it Ichimarukyo, Shibuya, Shibuya Ichimarukyo, Iine. 
That's what it's called. Shibuya 109. As I'm describing it, you can see it, right? There's a male figure in the painting. There's a male figure in the picture. There's The number 109 is on the left of the painting. And then the number 109 is on the left of the picture. The picture and the painting are the same thing. Basquiat was calling into creation, you know, a divine being. He was, he was, he painted it in 82. That was three years before Nip was even born. Basquiat was so far out there spiritually connecting the dots that he painted a painting saying to us, saying to us, one a, a great a great uh, being a great um, a great uh, you know human is coming so when I see that painting and I see who it was and I learn about what that person did throughout their life it's like wait a minute that was not a that was not a mistake that's not a coincidence that's you know that's divine so, so that's that's another reason as to why I bring up this, bring up Nipsey, the crucifix, and 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 109, and then and Basquiat. Basquiat was on it. I mean, Basquiat was on it with hip hop. What is hip hop? We are hip hop. Hip hop is not something that we buy or consume. It's something that we do. Something that we live. That we are. KRS-One explains it better. KRS-One explains it better. And then this whole idea of my podcast. You're at 109 right now. My podcast being the source of my expression of, you know, Black Jesus. Like, I want to say Nipsey was Black Jesus. Like, go back and look at hip-hop. I was, I was, I, I learned this last night. Kumo D said that there was a lot of black consciousness coming through hip-hop in the early 80s and white corporate executives in the music industry had to curb that those messages of black liberation of black power and so they ushered in the gangster era and they were like, you can say all of the, you can say the worst stuff, the, say all the bad stuff, the denigration, do it, put it out there. We need that more so than we need this talk of Black Jesus. And Kumo D said this. Kumo D said Black Jesus. KRS One was talking about that. KRS One said Jesus was black. Kumo D said that he was talking about knowledge is king. In fact, he named his album Knowledge is King. He said, you gotta you gotta learn. You gotta educate yourself. KRS-One's name is an acronym. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone or everybody. KRS-One and Kumo D were agents of the same mechanism, of the same spirit of God. But the devil had to oppose this this movement and then you listen to De La Soul and I can appreciate De La Soul today but back in the day I couldn't I didn't I wasn't getting it the grooves had to be groovier for me to get it that's why I was such a big DJ Quick fan Cause his grooves were just, just oh so, you know, delectable. Mmm, I can consume that, tasty. Whereas Jungle Brothers, A Tribe Called Quest, and De La Soul, you know, Most Def, Talib Kweli, Black Star, the X Clan, Public Enemy. These were all acquired tastes. And I hadn't acquired the taste yet. Today, oh, pass me that P.E. Pass me that X-Clan. Pass me that Black Star. Let's go. De La Soul, come, come on back, De La. 
come on back. You know, I'm with it now. Whereas when I was younger, I wasn't with it. This is just maturation speaking. And so, that's what it is. But, um, so everything that I'm even talking about, nothing's new under the sun. This is, this is just my expression of, of, of my experience. And my experience is, is, is based in, I mean, just that, my life. You can't tell me that I'm wrong. I see it as I see it. And I'm not imagining it. That's the phenomenal part about it. Peace to Dr. Ivan Van Sertabaugh. I watched his videos and I doubted what he said. I said, this can't be true. And then I finally heard from Dr. Spencer Wells from Stanford University, a white professor, young dude. I heard that he was... um, that, that he supported everything that Dr. Ivan Van Sertema said. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm going back to Ivan Van Sertema, Dr. Ivan Van Sertema, Dr. John Henry Clark. And I'm with it. I'm sticking with those cats. All right, we're going to end this. I had fun. I had fun. That's all that matters. You're at hunt now. No. You're at hunt. What happened? You're at hunt. You're at hunt. You're at hunt. Uh-oh. Having a little technical issue. C'est toujours un plaisir d'être là avec vous. Vous écoutez la fréquence 100, 109. Merci à vous.